0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Today on Locked On NHL, we are looking at the winners, the losers, and the confusers of NHL free agency. And uh, there might be some hot takes in there as well here on today's Locked On NHL.
0: Your Locked
1: On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, and welcome to Locked on NHL, a uh, Thursday edition. Do not adjust your radio. This is a new person on the uh, on the broadcast. Two new people, actually. Uh, I'm Jay Foster, host of Locked On Blue Jackets, joined by Hunter Hodies of Locked On Penguins. And uh, we're going to be taking the reins here for the uh, Thursday edition of Locked On NHL for the foreseeable future. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, Locked On NHL is free and available on all podcast platforms, on YouTube and also on SiriusXM. Today we're going to be talking about free agency. Like I said at the top of the show, there's some teams that are winning, there's some teams that are losing, and there are some teams that are making Hunter and I say, what the heck are you even doing? So, uh let's let's jump right into it. Uh how's it going, Hunter?
2: I'm good. Thank you for, well, I shouldn't say thank you for having me. I we, we both are <laughs> co-hosting the show. I, I came my my usual hosting duties came out right there when I have a guest on, but yeah, I'm really excited to be doing this with you. This is going to be a lot of fun, and let's just dive into this.
1: Yeah, it's going to be – I was talking to a friend last night, and I was like, it'll be fine until we have to talk about Blue Jackets-Penguins games. And then it might get a little dicey, but right now we're going to have some fun. We're not talking about either of those teams. Let's kick this off with uh, my winner for free agency so far, uh, which is the Nashville Predators. They had a lot of moving and shaking before the draft. Obviously, they've got a – before free agency, excuse me, they've got a brand-new GM in uh, Barry Trotz, who seems like he's doing all of the right things, saying all of the right things. They traded Ryan Johansson. They bought out Matt Duchesne. And they have brought in guys like Ryan O'Reilly, who is getting up there in age, uh, but is still a phenomenal offensive talent. They brought in Luke Shen, who was a real stabilizing presence for the Leafs uh, after the trade deadline. They brought in Gus Nyquist, who I'm a big, big fan of. Um, I'm sad that he didn't come back to Columbus. And a couple of depth guys as well. Uh, so lots of lots of new faces on the Preds uh, for free agency this season. How do you feel that they've done so far, Hunter?
2: Barry Trotz is not afraid of making changes. And you've seen that over the course of this offseason. Heck, they bought out Matt Duchesne. And I don't think that's something any of us saw coming. And then signed a one-year, $3 million deal with the Dallas Stars. This is his roster now. He's the full-time GM officially as of July 1st. He was basically the full-time GM before that, but they were calling him the incoming general manager. But he's really taken over that team and is putting his vision into it. Again, got out of a really long contract in Duchesne, got out of another long one in Johansson's, two big David Poyle acquisitions slash signings, and he wants to move this team in the right direction. I'll be curious to see what happens with UC Soros has two more years left at 5 million per season. He's probably going to get a massive number once he is ready to be extended. And I don't think that's going to happen this season. It's probably going to happen next season. If there is an extension, maybe after that, but I like the O'Reilly deal. He's still kicking pretty nicely. Luke Shen is also at a decent number. I think they could still be involved in the trade market as well. There are rumors that they were going after Evgeny Kuznetsov in Washington. That makes a lot of sense because Trots was the coach of the Capitals when they won the Cup in 2018, and that's when Evgeny Kuznetsov played his best hockey, I would say, as a member of the Capitals. But I, I've also really liked what, what they've done as well. I mean, I'm curious to see how they are next year. I don't think they're a playoff team right now, but I don't think it's going to be long until Trotz has them in, in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Barry Trotz said something really interesting uh, just before the draft, I think, where he basically said, he told his scouts, go out and find me exciting, skilled players. It's my job to find depth guys. And yes. like, yeah, he went out, he took he took a big splash with uh, Ryan O'Reilly, who I assume is going to be their new 1C. Uh, I think they're probably still in the market for a guy like Kuznetsov maybe, or um, maybe a guy like Elias Lindholm, someone who can play that middle six center role. Um, but he also picked up, like I said, a bunch of depth guys. Uh, Cody Glass, he uh, extended. Alex Carrier, he extended. Uh, Anthony Angelo, he extended. He went out and picked up... Um, a guy like Jasper Weatherby, who is going to be a, a depth player, you know, he's he's building the team in a really interesting way. Um, and yeah, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team next season, but I do think they are going to be. Uh, I think they'll be I don't think they'll be good. I think they'll be fun, which uh, honestly, sometimes as as someone who has been following a pretty bad team uh, for the last, you know, couple of seasons, at least sometimes fun is as good as it's going to be. So uh, and they're really
2: coached by Andrew Burnett. He is a fun coach, mm-hmm. high yes. flying offensive teams. You saw that with the Florida Panthers. I don't think you're going to see it to that kind of degree with the Predators, but they're going to score. I think a bit more under Brunette than they did under Heinz. I wasn't too big of a fan of the way Trotz handled that. I thought if you would have, if you were going to get rid of Heinz, you should have just done it a lot sooner. I think they just strung him along a little too long, but they got Brunette who was their guy and he should have them playing m- more entertaining hockey is the way to look at it for this upcoming season
1: yeah definitely i'm a big i'm a big brunette fan he was a guy that i had my eye on for the blue jackets head coach position um kind of sad that didn't happen but i think the preds are going to be a better team uh with with brunette but let's uh let's talk about your winner for uh free agency because it is in fact andrew brunette's old team if i am not mistaken
2: Yes, he was an assistant there under Lindy Ruff, but I think the biggest winner from free agency is a team that honestly didn't have to do a lot of signings outside of some of their own guys, and that's the New Jersey Devils. They did a lot of really nice, shrewd business, locking up Timo Meyer at an $8.8 million per year rate over eight years. Timo Meyer, despite not producing as much in the playoffs as some people expected him to, he was awesome this season, ranked in the 99th percentile for five-on-five even strength offense 88th percentile for 5-on-5 five five goals per 60 minutes, 78th percentile for 5-on-5 five five even-strike defense. This dude is awesome. He basically took a discount to return to the Devils. He should be getting well over $9 million per. Dougie Hamilton is the only player, actually, that's making $9 million per or more on the Devils. You look at a lot of their other deals – Yes, Brat was also signed, 7.875 million for the next eight years. 24 years old. Nico Hishier is signed for the next four years at 7.25. You have Palat there, who's a little bit older, but he's still kicking. They just traded for Tyler Toffoli, which I think is a great acquisition. They didn't really have to give up anything for him outside of Igor Sarangovich and a draft pick. And this guy was awesome this past season, over 30 goals for the Flames. I don't know if he's going to produce those kind of numbers this year because he's a bit older now, and he had one heck of a year, but for someone who can play in your top six, he'll probably give you at least 20, 25 goals. I really like that move by the devils. You know, all of their top paid players, you know, 22, 24, they're all locked up for their foreseeable future. Heck Jack Hughes is only making 8 million per season this year. Tom Fitzgerald has done a tremendous job building this team. John Marino is there for the foreseeable future, which hurts me. Jonas Siegenthaler has been great for them. We already talked about Hamilton. They have, in goal. I think that's probably their biggest question with Schmitt and Vanek. Are they going to go into the season with that tandem, or are they maybe going to go out and trade for someone like a Connor Hellebuck who has one more year left on his contract at six million per season? That's going to be the big question. Vanek was not bad this past season. I believe his save percentage was about 9-11. But Schmitt in the playoffs really showed that he is the future of that position for the Devils. Came in when the Devils were down 0-2 against the Rangers. Did not look back. Struggled a little bit, I would say, against the Hurricanes. But, I mean, the Hurricanes are a different opponent than the Rangers. But Tom Fitzgerald has this team ready to be a Stanley Cup contender as soon as the season. I think they're the best team in the Metropolitan Division. Didn't have to do too, too much. I like if they sent Severson out to Columbus, got a fine return back. But overall, with the way he has built the team over the past few seasons, including this one, it's hard not to like this team heading into next season.
1: Yeah, definitely. The we're seeing kind of a, a trend that I really like in terms of um they're locking up young players early. And they're doing it like almost before they break out. We kinda saw the same thing with Tim Stutzler in Ottawa of his entry level contract finished. Boom, let's do eight years. I think we're gonna see more of that, and we're gonna see fewer of these kind of bridge deals of okay, we'll sign you for two to four years, and then we're gonna have to pay you, you know. Jack Hughes is probably gonna be a ten to twelve million dollar player in two years' time. He's locked up until what, he's until he's thirty, I think. Like just Masterclass in in general managing by uh, by Tom Fitzgerald. I know I I don't necessarily agree in terms of goaltending. I think that uh, I think they should go with Vanacek and, and Schmid. I think they are both fine goaltenders. Um, and frankly, I think they're a good enough team that they can cope with league average goaltending. You know, in the same way that I feel like um, the Colorado Avalanche won the cup with was it Darcy Kemper in goal who, Darcy Kemper, again, fine goalie, the Avalanche were a good enough team that they didn't need Vesna-level goaltending, and I think the Devils are probably a similar team. They need better goaltending than they were getting out of Mackenzie Blackwood, but I think that they could probably ride Vanecek and or Schmied pretty far, which, as someone who plays in the Metro Division uh, with the, the Devils, I do dislike. Um, for me, the question mark, I think, is going to be coaching. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Andrew Burnett and his move to Nashville. And I'm really interested to see how Lindy Ruff does kind of without that, um, without that safety blanket, almost. And I know they brought in Brunette to kind of be the successor to Lindy Ruff. We saw at the start of the season, there was, you know, the fire Lindy chance yep. that were very quickly replaced by the sorry Lindy chance, which was very funny. Um, but I'm going to be really interested to see how Lindy Ruff coaches, quote unquote, by himself. Because I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, Andrew Burnett was probably doing a little bit more heavy lifting with the Devils than the average person thinks. So it's going to be interesting. I agree. I think the Devils are the team to beat in the Metropolitan Division. Um, but I think almost every other team in the Metro got better this offseason as well. So it's going to be, I think we might go back to the... Uh, the Thunderdome Metropolitan Division of you know like the, the 2018 2019 yeah. where um, I think it was that it was either it was the either the 2017 or the 2018 playoffs where it was the 2017 the league, one
2: where Pittsburgh Columbus the, they were like two of the top five teams in the league and the, the Blue 20. Jackets
1: finished I believe fourth in the entire NHL yep. and third in the Metropolitan Division
2: like, I was, think the Penguins finished second in the league I'm pretty sure yep. and then they played the fourth best team in the league in the first round great playoff format by the way <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not still mad about the Zach injury, I promise. Um, but I think it's really interesting that we kind of picked these two teams for our winners of free agency, because we kind of looked at one team that's done a lot and one team that hasn't done a lot, and they both seem to have kind of succeeded. And I think that's... Sometimes you need to know when not to make a move, and I think the Devils have figured that out. Um, in a minute, we're going to flip that. We're going to talk about uh, the losers of free agency, and uh, I think there's probably... At least one in there, but uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. First of all, though, Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20. bucks, you are going to land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. That's $200. You can bet betting everything from the money line to the over-under to uh, who you think is going to hit the first home run. You can even bet on NHL futures right now. So if you want to put some money on the New Jersey Devils winning the Stanley Cup, I don't know that I would go quite that far, but that sure is a bet that you can place over on FanDuel. Uh, an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use. When you win, you get paid instantly. You don't have to sit and wait for the pay to, the payment to uh, process. There's no better place to bet on sports than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today, visit fanduel.com slash locked on, get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball uh, and us, the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket. All while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino.com with code NHL.
1: Okay, Hunter, let's talk about some losers of free agency. And uh, I think your, your suggestion for loser is one that I agree with but I think one that will kind of make people be like, oh, really? So let's uh, let's talk about your loser of free agency so far.
2: Man, Jay, I- I'm not crazy about the Bruins heading into this upcoming season. I do like the Morgan Geeky signing, definitely. I think he's going to provide them some really good value over these next couple of years. But right now, they don't know if Patrice Bergeron or David Krejci are coming back. Their top two centers going into next season right now are what? Charlie Coyle and Geeky? I mean... That's a lot different than Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> big,
1: big step down. The
2: best defensive center in the league, best two-way center, I would say, in the league. And David Krejci, who was also awesome for the Bruins this past season. Obviously, you're going to get a lot of goals from David Pasternak and points, I should say. You're going to get a lot of goals and points. Friend Brad, Brad, Marchand, Charlie McAvoy is awesome. Campus Lindholm is great. Allmark is still there. Swayman's going to get a contract as too as well. But the biggest thing is. Are the Bruins going to be able to afford both of those goalies? They just won the Jennings Trophy this past season, and they are still in salary cap hell right now. That's the thing. They had to trade Taylor Hall to Chicago for basically nothing. A player who can give you you know, at least 15 goals a season, usually 20-plus goals a season, and they're still in salary cap trouble right now. They brought Milan Lucic in for the vibes. Okay, cool. You know, you get to relive your glory days of 2011. And he seemed like really excited to go back to Boston. So that's kind of cool. But the moves that they made, you know, even outside of Geeky, I just don't know how much they moved the needle for this team. You're not going to be seeing a team winning over 60 plus games again next season. You're Not going to be seeing a team set the NHL all-time regular season record in points next season. Jim Montgomery had a fantastic year as a head coach. But as of right now... And obviously these things can change. I see a Bruins team that is going to be fighting just to get in to the playoffs. I don't see them at the top of the Atlantic heading into next season. And you know the, the way the Bruins were talking at the draft, if they were kind of seeming like it was unlikely that both Bergeron and Krejci were going to come back. They're going to give them all the time in the world that they need. And if they do decide to come back, they will take discounts. And we saw Bergeron and Krejci make what, Jay? $2 million? Last season, it was somewhere around in the very... Uh, yeah, I think they took...
1: I want to say $1.5 each, which for Patrice Bergeron is phenomenal value.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like he's still... He's winning Selkies every year. He He's fantastic. Cheek's also good. But, you know, the Van Rooze move, okay, that's fine. But I just don't see a team that's going to be a, tr- a top contender in the Eastern Conference next season. I think one of their last chances to win it all was this past season, at least in the Bergeron era. And if both decide to retire, it, it may be a bit tough for them next season, I'll say that. But I have them as you know, d- definitely a big loser right now in free agency.
1: Yeah, it's weird. We were kind of talking about this a little bit uh, before we recorded. And I like all of the signings in a vacuum. You know, I like the Geeky signing. Uh, I like the Van like signing. Uh, I like the Kevin Shattenkirk signing. Milan Lucic signing fine whatever like you said they do it for the vibes Uh, i respect that um all of that together though just kind of i'm like okay what do you what do you guys have you know like you say they're not what's the who's their number one center this season like charlie coyle charlie coyle is a fine player um he's not patrice bergeron it's it's just i get it they kind of have been backed into a corner they are going to be paying um I don't remember if it's performance bonuses or overage bonuses for uh, Bergeron and Krejci this season, even if they don't bring them back. So, yeah, they have kind of – they are in salary cap hell. Um, I do think they're probably going to be closer to the bottom of the Atlantic division than they are to the top, I think. Um, I think Ottawa is going to take a step forward this season. Uh, Detroit, I'm not sure what's really happening with. Florida, I assume, is going to be about the same. Tampa, I feel like, is probably going to be in conversation because they're always – in conversation um Montreal will probably still be bad uh Toronto could go either way I think they'll probably still be pretty good um despite their their confusing free agency which we're going to talk about in a minute but yeah it, I don't know it it, it sucks for Boston because I don't know that they deliberately went into last season thinking this is it this is boom or bust and you know I think it's surprised even Bruins fans when they decided to just go on this historic regular season run um but yeah i think it's going to be i think it's going to be tough for for Bruins fans this season i think they're probably going to see their team become a little bit more um a little bit mortal shall we say which i don't think is the thing that boston sports fans are used to in in any in any no. sport you know
2: I don't think they'll be at the bottom of the Atlantic per se. I think they'll be in like that medium ground, you know, maybe mm-hmm. in that 4th, 5th as low as 6th range. I don't think they're going to be 7th or 8th or anything like that just because I don't think David Posternick or Brad Marsham will no, allow Brad them to that bad.
1: Really carry this team to the playoffs by himself. You know, I could see them sneaking into a wild card spot, but I could also see them, you know, yeah. um Doing what, uh, and sorry to bring this up, doing what the Penguins did this season and being in the in the race right up until what the second last game of the season.
2: Yeah, then you lose to the worst team in the league, and then uh, all <laughs> uh, hell <heart> <laughs> and everyone gets fired. That would be kind of funny, I would say for the, I would say, for the Bruins, but not, especially not for their fans or their organization at least. But to everyone outside of Boston, I think that would be pretty. They've funny. just they've but,
1: been dominant for so long that I feel like. It it happens, you know, you saw it with Chicago. You're starting to see it with Pittsburgh of you can't, you saw it with Detroit back in like 2015, 16, when they, you know, when they lost that and they lost Zetterberg. Like you can't ride, you can't ride that high forever. You know,
2: you look at that team and they've only won one Stanley cup in this, the whole Bergeron year that just goes to show how hard it is to win endlessly they've been to three Stanley cup finals. They lost to the Blackhawks in another, they lost to the St. Louis blues on home ice. That was obviously a big kick, a kick right there, but that just goes to show how hard this trophy is to win in this era. The fact that they only have one Stanley cup again, they've been to three, which is awesome. It's rare for teams to even go to three Stanley cup finals during this era, but outside of maybe like the penguins and the lightning, but man, it's definitely feels like the end of the road here and in some capacity for this franchise for at least one franchise. Great. You know, you already saw, saw Charlie, if he was there for so many years, you might see here with Bergeron, they're still set up for future success. I think because Pasternak is a lot younger okay. than Marshawn and Bergeron. And what a find he was by the oh, way, yeah. the two players who have gotten a bit older Man, they, they hit the, the lottery getting him. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, um, who is your loser, though, in free agency? Uh,
1: So we're going to stay in the Atlantic Division for this, uh, and I'm sure this is going to make people mad, but uh, I don't know what the Maple Leafs are doing, but I know that I don't like it. Um, They have, for some, and I don't know, like, the ins and outs of it, but they could have retained Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen, both of whom I thought were very good for them in the trade deadline, and then they've both gone to Nashville. And so instead of giving them... Instead of giving them money, uh, they've decided that they're going to bring in Tyler Bertuzzi, which, in fairness, I like that contract. He's betting on himself. $5.5 million for one year. I assume he slots right into that top line for, with uh, Matthews and Marner and has probably an 80-point season if he stays healthy. Uh, and then they go out and they sign uh, Max Domi for $3 million. Uh, John Klingberg is getting four point one. Ryan Reeves is getting one point three five for the next three years. And I see a lot of people being like, well... Tyler Batuzzi is an upgrade. John Klingberg is an upgrade on Justin Hall. Ryan Reeves is an upgrade on Wayne Simmons. Max Domi is an upgrade on Alex Kerfoot. And like, I don't necessarily know that I agree with all of that, but it just, I don't know, it feels like the Leafs are heading towards a place where they're going to, they're probably going to end up losing William Nylander because he's going to ask for probably more than... It's tough, because William Nylander, I think, is not worth the $10 million that he wants, but I think he's worth more than the $8 million that the Leafs want to give him. You know, he's probably $9, 9500000 million, is, is a pl- like kind of player, you know? Um, and so they're probably going to lose him uh, if in a trade, if not free agency, and you're not going to win that trade. Similar thing with Matthews. I think Matthews probably stays, but... I just – I don't understand what they're doing. Um, and the reason that they're in the losers instead of the most confusing is uh, because I don't see how you bring in guys like Ryan Reeves and Max Domi and expect that to make your team better. Like, I've I've had Max Domi on my team. Uh, you know, I have been up close and personal to Max Domi hockey, and he's just such, a, just such a frustrating player. Maybe he'll be better in Toronto, surrounded by a better supporting cast. Obviously, his dad is a big Maple Leafs legend. You know, maybe maybe it'll work out for him. Um, he had one really good season with Montreal, um, former first-round pick. But I don't know. I just I look at all of these signings, and I'm like, but why did you do that? You know, you want to get better defensively, so you go out and sign John, Kling- John Klingberg, who was a, a fine offensive defenseman, but is a disaster in his own zone. I just – apparently, TJ Brody – is is on the the trade block which makes no sense um, and i know our friends over at locked on leafs their show today uh, they talked about how they might be forced to ship uh, a prospect like nick robertson out of town so they can entice someone to take the matt murray contract on you know there's just there's a whole lot going on with the leaf salary cap and i don't like any of it
2: is there anything not going on with the leaf salary cap situation <laughs> at any time that, that's the main question we should be asking I honestly don't mind the Domi signing as much. He had three goals and 13 points in 19 playoff games. He was good for the stars when it counted. And I think he's going to really love being a Leaf. As you said, Maple Leafs legend, his dad, Ty Domi. And I think he's going to be someone who stays in Toronto for a while. Only signed a one-year term, Jay. But the way he is posting about the Leafs on his social media feeds, he is ecstatic to be a Leaf. He even has, it was almost like a mini John Tavares-like photo where he's sleeping in his bed of all Maple Leaf stuff, and he's really excited to play for you know his dad's home, his dad's well, his former dad's team. The Tyler Bertuzzi one was interesting. I do like Bertuzzi at that value. I was kind of surprised he only signed a one-year deal, but that's just kind of what you're seeing with the flat cap. I think you're going to see players sign bigger deals next year when the cap goes up three to four million or something like that. The Ryan Reeves contract is hilarious. I'll say yeah. that three years, one point, What was it? One point five million per season. One point three five. One point three five. Three years. Okay. Cool, Bradtree living. I don't think that's really going to make a difference for the Leafs, but you know, you're doing it for the vibes. They have the Matthews extension that they're going to have to deal with very soon. He makes over eleven million per season. How much is he going to get on his next deal? Over twelve. Thirteen. That's and- going to be
1: getting McDavid money on his next yeah. contract. The only, qu- the weird. only, the only question for the Matthews deal for me is how long. You know,
2: I think it's going to be four years. That's been like the latest reports. I don't yeah. think they're going to give him max term, and I also don't think Matthews wants max term right now. The Nylander situation is a bit dicey. They obviously are taking a run at extending him, but if that doesn't work and they can't find common ground. He's probably going to have to go on the market at some point this offseason, and there's going to be a lot of interest in him. The Leafs, they are never not an entertaining team. Win, (laughs) lose, whatever word you want to put in there, they are always entertaining for numerous reasons, and Tree Living, He gave David Camp also a lot of term. That was a bit weird. For someone who doesn't bring you a lot of offense, you're just going off his defensive impacts, which are good. I will say that. Five-on-five defense, he ranked uh, in the upper two-thirds of the league in terms of his peers in the bottom six. So he's good defensively, but doesn't bring a lot of offense. I still like that team heading into this upcoming season. They should still be a playoff team, but I understand why you're saying that they are – losers in a way, just because of some of the moves that they made. The TJ Brody thing makes no sense. He's one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. He should not be on the trade block. That's ridiculous. I'm curious to see though, if Tree Living goes after some of his former players in Calgary, you know, incoming GMs from other teams like to do that. Do the Leafs go after Noah Hannafin Jay? That's something I think to monitor. He's not been traded yet because I think things are in a holding pattern with the Eric Carlson situation, but does he do that? What other moves does he make to help bolster the team? I'll be curious to see.
1: Yeah, and I think they could, the Leafs could definitely turn this around, like with, like you say, with a, a, a smart trade or, you know, an, an, there's still a lot of what I consider quite good free agents out there that I think are kind of waiting for, like you said, the Carlson thing to settle, waiting for a couple of other pieces to go where they're going to go. So, like, the Leafs could turn this around. But as of right now, I don't know. They just... They're, they're still going to be a good team, but I feel like they're just kicking the can further down the road, and they're, eventually they're going to run out of road, you know? Um, let's take another quick break, and then we're going to talk about the most confusing teams in NHL free agency this season.
2: What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Flash cashback debit, Discover Bank, member FDIC.
1: Uh, Before we do that, I just want to thank everyone again for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, Locked On NHL, uh, you're never going to have to get behind a paywall for it. We're free and available on every podcast app that you can think of. Uh, We are on... Uh, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, we're on Audible, the audiobook website, which I find very funny. Uh, we're on YouTube, and uh, you can also find us on SiriusXM if you are a radio person. So uh, check us out on all of those places and uh, pick your favorite. Okay, let's talk teams that we're just kind of looking at and trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Um, and my pick for that is is the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I said in a conversation the other day that I think we're going for less of a, uh, a Steve Eisner plan and more of like Steve Eisner vibes right now um, because they have decided that they would like to bring in uh who is it? They've brought in uh, JT Comfer for five years at 5.1 million. Justin Hall is getting 3.4 for the next three years. Um, They've brought in James Reimer, uh, they brought in Alex Nedeljkovic uh, for goalies. They've also brought in Magnus, they're bringing in a bunch of different goalies. Um, I don't really know what's going on with them. Uh, Alex Lyon, they've brought in um excuse me, uh, Alex Nedeljkovic is on his way out, so is Magnus. Not Hill, the pain he's now. scrap, scratch all of that. But my point still stands that um I don't know what they're doing. They it feels like they've t- they take one step forward and two steps back. I don't think they drafted very well. A couple of weeks ago, picking Nate Danielson, what, ninth overall was a choice um, that, you know, I think they probably could have done without, but I just, I don't know what this team is doing. And I feel like they're just going to keep being the same kind of vaguely mediocre team that they have been for the last couple of seasons, where they just kind of land in that middle space of not really being in the running for the lottery and also not being a playoff team. And I just I, I I don't get it. I don't get any of these free agent signings. I especially don't get the Justin Hall one because why? Why?
2: <laughs> they also brought in Daniel Sprong, if I'm not mistaken, Jay. As I well believe so, Smithville. yes. And he and that's a very good player for someone. You know, he was in the Penguins organization for numerous years before he was shipped out for Marcus Peterson. A trade sure that's actually worked out pretty well for the Penguins because Peterson has been awesome for them since coming over from the Ducks. But Sprong this year, over twenty goals. And did that getting fourth line minutes. That's the thing, it's, it's something really rare. That's a good value swine, signing. It looks like they are the front runners for Alex Debrinkit as well. Elliot Freeman was on Announcement Network on Thursday morning and said that it sounds like the two sides are really working on a trade and that Debrinkit wants to be a Red Wing. So that's another move there. That okay, good 25 30 goal score. He scored 40 a couple times in his career, but is that going to make them a playoff team heading into next season? That's the big question. I agree with you. It seems like they're trying to just get to being a playoff team again, but they're not all the way there just yet. And Iserman, I don't think he's this quote-unquote genius, as other people have said that he is. I think he just kind of just sometimes throws crap at the wall, hopes it sticks. And he's been doing a lot of these signings these last couple of seasons where even though they have a lot of, young kids coming up, there he's still signing players to you know fill holes and he's not really giving these young players a chance to beat out some of these veterans. Maybe that will change this year and some of these young players will try to beat out some of the veterans. But yeah, I I don't I'm not really sure if they're a playoff team yet. I probably would lean no. So I understand where you're going for in terms of that one. My most confusing team honestly though, Jay is another team from the Metropolitan Division, the New York Rangers. I, I obviously like their core. Igor Shesterkin is one of the three best goalies in hockey. Panarin is great. Zabinijad is great. Chris Kreider will score you 35-40 goals a season. But their the free agent moves this summer, definitely a bit weird. I mean, Blake Wheeler Blake Wheeler, excuse me, comes in for cheap, 800K, 36 years old. Cool on the surface, but... I think he's kind of cooked at this point. He can't really skate anymore. Can't even really turn on the ice, to be honest. He'll still give them some production, but man, I, I don't know about that one. You sign Nick Bonino, obviously Penguin legend here coming from you know, the Locked on Penguin show, but I don't really think he has much left in the tank at this point. Also, Tyler Pitlick, okay, sure. I like the Eric Gustafson signing at least for 825 k for one season, but when I look at this team right now, I still see a team that I think at best they are the third best team in the Metro and they're still relying on their all-time goalie to just bail them out every single game, especially when their offense is not working. You saw that in the devil series, when the devil's adjusted to what the Rangers were doing, Mm -hmm. Gerard Gallant couldn't couldn't adjust back. And they fired the coach. They brought in Peter Laviolette, who is not known for offense. You know, his, He's known for at least coaching well in his first year at wherever he is. You saw that in Washington. You've seen that in Nashville. You've seen that in Philadelphia. He's taken teams to cup finals, of course. But after that, it it, it goes downhill. So I'm just a bit skeptical about the Rangers heading into this upcoming season. Obviously, of course, Peter LaVillette won the Stanley Cup during his career as well. But I don't know. You know, Panarin... He makes a lot of money for someone who kind of disappears when it matters in the playoffs. Zabinajad was kind of the same way when he was getting pocketed by Nico Heshir in the playoffs. Kreider's great though. You got Trocheck signed for a while. Philip Hito, I think, is the best of their kids. They need their kids to step up. Lafreniere, he's an RFA. It's probably going to be a big deal. You got to see what you have in him. Keandre Miller. I would love for someone to offer sheet that guy considering (laughs) how good he is, but because GMs are so scared, you're not going to see it. But that's another player who I think is going to get offer sheeted. They have pieces on this team, but I kind of think Chris jury is just also someone who is throwing crap at the wall and hoping it sticks because, Oh, they had one bad thing happen to them. And James Owen, their owner wakes up from his slumber every April or May and decides, oh, I want to make all these changes to the team because I realized that, oh, I own the Rangers as well as to owning the Knicks. But, yeah, I, I, just a few free agency moves where I was just kind of like, really? And then also, Jay, Jonathan Quick, I mean, you're just hoping that Igor Sister can play 60 plus games for you because Jonathan Quick, I don't think that it brings you too much value as a backup goalie at this point in his career, but just not, a, just really confused. I figured they would go for some younger players in free agency to surround some of their core players who are still really good. But Chris Durie decided not to do that. I don't know. Just kind of putting that out there. I'm just a little confused. That's all.
1: Yeah. It's, it feels like they're a team that think they're better than they are. And I feel like Igor Shostokin is masking a lot of the, uh, like the the systemic issues with the Rangers um I'm surprised that they they went they went big at the trade deadline obviously they picked up Vladimir Tarasenko from the Blues they picked up uh, Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks um we don't know what's going to happen with Kane now obviously he's out until I think at least December um he had the hip resurfacing uh surgery that Nick Backstrom did a couple of seasons uh like last off season and obviously we've seen him turn into a completely new player so like Maybe December rolls around. They think, hey, let's throw Kane a one-year contract, see what happens. But I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just, I, I look at all the players and I'm like, okay, I like the Gustafson ad. Um, I like the the Blake Wheeler ad. I think 800K, like even if he is old and washed, I think 800K for a, a guy that can still play center and a That's guy fair. that will be a valuable veteran ad to this locker room uh, is... Uh, is um not it, like i'm fine with throwing 800k at a guy like Blake Wheeler um it's but yeah i, I don't it's know a, it's, it's a, a flyer a you know stretch.
2: it's a flyer if it doesn't work you can move on but still exactly. just going after a bunch of older 30 plus players is definitely just an interesting strategy for Chris Jury, you know especially after you know he signed in Strocek last year brought a decent value after they lost Ryan Strom but is he worth that massive contract that he got that's also a question i have so honestly, I just have a lot of questions about that team. Yeah,
1: and I like you look at Barclay Goodrow is getting three point six million dollars for the next four years. I'm, I don't understand the Rangers. Um, I mean, it benefits both of us if the Rangers are not very good this season. Um, but yeah, it, it feels to me like this is a team that is on the precipice of uh, of finding out. I think uh, we're not allowed to say the full. <laughs> the full thing but i feel like this, this is a team that is about to find out what they're made of uh, and i think what they're made of is mostly one very good goalie uh one very good line and a bunch of some guys so
2: yeah one uh, good line another line and a half maybe and then it's a bunch of stuff where it's like okay cool whatever oh i mean i will say adam fox is one of the three best
1: adam fox is sick yeah well He's we'll crazy. we'll allow adam fox to, to stay but like who do they have adam fox and Keondre
2: miller are you know? great they're paying Jacob
1: Trouba eight million dollars to like try and decapitate guys on a nightly basis. It's just, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, free agency yeah. is wild. It's it's weird, and I like the Penguins. I feel like haven't done a ton of like they haven't really been movers and shakers. The Blue Jackets have yet to make a free agent <laughs> signing. Uh, it's July sixth, and uh, I believe they have re-signed one of their own RFAs. Uh, since July 1st. So they are doing nothing. So it's kind of fun to look at what the other teams are doing and uh, judge on high because obviously the Blue Jackets had a pretty big off-season, pretty big free agency last season. Uh, This season they kind of got everything out of the way beforehand. They're adding um, Provorov, they're adding Severson, uh, Adam Fantilli, they're adding. So it feels like they're doing a lot of free agency adjacent stuff. But it's it's fun to look at what everyone else is doing. Um, But I think that's kind of all we've got for today in terms of time. We are running a little bit long here. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll finish up there. Um, thank you for listening to Locked on NHL. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J K O B F O R S T E R. You can find Locked on Blue Jackets at L O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, Hunter, where can people find you and your show?
2: You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at L O underscore penguins. You can find the Locked on Penguins podcast, Wherever you hit your podcast, I think everyone in this fan base that listens slash watches the show is just waiting to see what happens with Eric Carlson because that's probably holding up everything around the league right now.
1: Yeah, so if you guys could either, like, like trade for him or say no thank you, then everyone else can kind of get on with their days. Uh, but we're going to go and get on with our days here. Locked on NHL. will be back tomorrow with Rachel Donner and Gil Martin to make sure you tune in to those guys because we love them here on uh, the Locked On NHL. Uh, podcast network and uh, we will see you next thursday
0: Gil martin here host of the locked on nhl podcast join me every monday for the three biggest stories from across the nhl including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league check out the locked on nhl podcast every monday available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts